Off the Groove with Scotty Dubler. It's Friday, January 26, 2024. Episode number 252 is here. Thank you, Haley, for that introduction. Down to 41 days to the AFT season opener down in Daytona. Well, let's take a look at who had national number 41. Believe it or not, nobody's had it since 2016, and Brad Hazel had it last from 2012 to 2016. Before that, Ricky Marshall had it from 2007 to 2010. I remember saying his name quite a bit. And before that, it was Brett Landis. I remember Brett Landis was teammates with Ricky Graham, Brett Landis, and Team Undo. But anyway, Brett had it from 1994 to 2005 with the exception of 2003. He didn't have it that year for whatever reason. Nobody had it in 2003. And before it, before Brett Landis had it, it was Doug Davis who had it from 1985 all the way to 1993. If you're not familiar with Doug Davis, he is still one heck of a rider. He's a little bitty guy from Ohio, and it seems like anytime I go out east, uh, especially on a cushion racetrack or even at the flat track grand championships, Doug Davis is there. He usually runs a number 17, but he had national number 41 from 1985 to 1993. And a few others including my hero, Ricky Graham, who had it from 1979 to 1983. And looking at the overall history of the number 41, only 15 people in our, in our sport have held national number 41. And I want to say thanks to Donnie LaRue, amanationalnumber.com. That's where I get a lot of my stats for, you know, as far as national numbers and, and rider information. It's all on amanationalnumber.com. Donnie LaRue used to be a tech official with uh, AMA Pro Racing back whenever I first started working with him. And uh, he actually used to race against my grandpa. So uh, I don't know if he raced against anybody else in my family, but I know he raced against Pa. And I know uh, he always looked up to Pa, and I always thought that was awesome. Donnie LaRue used to race Osa's a lot when I remember watching him race. Earlier in the week, Wednesday was 43 days until Daytona. So, of course, I had to put a post on the uh, internet, and I put it on uh, the... Um, well, when I post, I post it onto Instagram, and then it goes directly onto Facebook. So it was pretty cool. I put an old picture from uh, you know, Flat Track Photos, Dave and Kathy Honig. Uh, took it. It was the old Daytona short track, and I was on my Rotax, and I got a really good response. And I want to say thanks to everybody who reached out and left a comment and liked my picture. And uh, one of the comments on there was that Jacob Vandekoy, which is Kill Switch, Jared Vandekoy's little brother, he will be running the number 43 in the 2024 season. So the 43 is leaving Rispoli. And it will be on Jacob Vandekoy, according to the internet. So uh, congratulations to Jacob for getting his national number by making a main event last year. I know it's a little bit different than it used to be back in the day, but it's still cool to get rid of that three-digit number now. When it, Back in my day, it was cool to get rid of that district letter and only have a two-digit number. Let's switch gears and talk about whatever else I saw on the internet. J.D. Beach released a video and and kind of letting everybody know that he'll be racing the Steel Commander Superbike Championship Series on Titler's Cycle Racing BMW 1000RR in Moto America. And I heard recently he had he had tested on it and he feels confident on in on that motorcycle and feels like that he can go for that championship in that superbike class and i wish him you know good luck in that you know i know he uh, parted ways with estenson racing i would still love to see jd show up at a few races here and there you know when it's 
not a conf- conflict of interest with the Moto America and, you know, find a ride and especially at the TTs and, and, you know, looking at the schedule, I know he could come back out of, you know, not being there every weekend and, and be competitive at Peoria. And then we have the new Spirit of Sturgis TT are the only two TTs on the schedule right now. So it'd be cool to see him at those two races in particular. I didn't look to see, you know, what the, what the calendars are and how they line up. I need to do that and see, you know, just how many open weekends are there for JD Beach to show up and maybe, you know, get back in his, into his winning ways in American Flat Track. A shout out to Mia and Chu. Actually, Chu made the post, but it was on flattrack.com on Facebook. And my dad actually pointed it out to me. And it was about the podcast a little bit and about the Yamaha TDM 850 that I used to race near the end of my career. And, uh, you know, Chu had left some kind words and, and he called that motorcycle a wild animal. And somehow he put that all together and, and included off the groove into all that mix. But, uh, you know, it was a, it was a wild motorcycle. It was really fast. It was just really hard to hook that thing up. And I had a lot of fun and, and thanks to Johnny Isaacs for building that motorcycle for me. And, uh, Cheney frames, you know, built us a frame, you know, we raced in Indianapolis one night, got the career best finish for me. I think it was fourth or fifth up at the Indy mile. And we drove all night long and, Went to Ottumwa, Iowa, and I think we took a motor out of a out of a motorcycle and left it there. And Cheney built a frame to wrap around that big motorcycle or that big motor, and and that's why I raced for a little while. But uh, you know, it was it was an experience, and I'll never ever forget it. So again, thanks to Chu for for posting about about the old wild animal he called uh, the Yamaha TDM 850 that I used to race. Also on the internet, I saw that Tyler Raggio, his post said he'll be riding an ATVs and more KTM 450 backed by Sluggo Racing, Unsettled Racing, and Raggio Racing in the AFT singles class. So a uh, different ride for Tyler Raggio. I know that family has packed up and moved away from California. They moved to Georgia. Uh, him and his dad, Sean. Uh, Sean raced a lot of races in the 23 season. I'm not sure what his plans are yet, but I'm sure that if there's a race and there's a class for him, I'm sure he'll be out there racing as well. I mentioned last week during the podcast, I got a text that the Erie, Pennsylvania round of the World Championship Ice Racing Series had been postponed. It was supposed to be this past weekend, but it has been pushed back uh a couple weeks. So up next for the World Championship Ice Racing Tour is February the 10th. We're going to Erie, Pennsylvania. It's the first time that we have been there since Ken and Christie took over the series. I'm not sure if that series had been there before. And then the following weekend, we go back to a popular spot, Bloomington, Illinois, uh, on February the 17th. So that's the next couple of rounds for the World Championship Ice Racing Series. An event that's been getting a lot of uh, talk about on the internet. Some good, some bad, and some indifferent, but anyway, I want to talk about it is the clash at the Boot Hill Speedway in Greenwood, Louisiana. It's just outside of Shreveport, Louisiana, so it's not too terribly far away from Oklahoma City, so I'll be driving down to that one. Uh, Jeff with RPM has asked me to come down and announce that one, and I wish that I could have made it happen last year. I think I think I was actually at the Dallas Supercross with my girlfriend Michelle last year when this race happened, and you know, I, I didn't think to get a hold of Jeff, and Jeff didn't think to get a hold of me. You know, when you grow up in different parts of the country, you don't realize how close or how far away some things are. And, you know, a lot of times travel is maybe more expensive sometimes than, than what some people get paid. So, you know, you have to put the, the good with the bad and 
and figure out if it's worth having that particular announcer or that particular referee or whomever it may be have that person come to your event. Well, it just didn't happen uh, last year because I'd, I'd already made plans to be in Dallas. And and then when the event was going on, I got a few text messages and, and we kind of put two and two together, but it was a, a, a little bit too late. So uh, I'm glad to be going down there this year. I think uh, I heard last year there's about 2,300, maybe 2,600 people in the stands. It was hard to tell. It was very packed for most of the event. It's a really neat little short track. It looked like it grooved up. And uh, I can't wait to go down there this year. And there is a $10,000 pro purse. Uh, it looked like a, a nice groove racetrack. Anyway, the event is sponsored by Shreveport Cycles and three state Harley Davidson. So it has two kind of titled sponsors. Uh, the pits open at 2 p.m., practices at 5, heat races are at 6 30 p.m. The big money classes are the Pro Outlaw Open Twins slash Singles. So if you've got a single and a twin, you can race them together. That's the big money class. That's $4,000 for that purse with $1,200 going to the winner. There's also a Pro Outlaw Open Twins class, so it's twins only. $3,000 purse for that class, $1,000 to win. A Pro Outlaw Open Singles, so singles only class. Again, $3,000 purse for that class with $1,000 to win. And something I want to point out is all three classes that pay that I've just mentioned will pay back all the way to 16th place. So if you make the main event, you'll get some money, you know, maybe you get your entry fee back. I'm not going to I don't even know what the entry fee is. But you know, I know, when I was racing and you go to a national, if you made the Grand National main event, you're guaranteed, I think it was $1,000 back then, you know, so I, I look at that as, you know, that carrot dangling right in front of you. That's, you know, make that main event and get some money. And, and you know, I think it's cool that this is not, you know, a, a Grand National Series, but yet it is a national touring series. It's just not American Flat Track. It's RPM. But they're paying big money, especially at this race, you know, $10,000 purse. And if you make the main event, you'll get some money back. Let's switch gears. This weekend, I'm off to Las Vegas, Nevada for the Hot Shoe Hall of Fame induction that's going on Saturday. I went in the Hall of Fame back in 2021, and I think I was uh, in shock when I got the phone call. I was kind of blown away that I would go in there. Uh, I'm, I'm in there more on like the media promotional side of the thing. I'm not in there as a racer. I'm more like a contributor. Uh, I'm still honored to be in there. I, I got a write-up and I've got a plaque on the wall, so I've not seen that in person yet. So I do have a small version that I have here at the house or in my office, but the, the big plaque is out there. It's on Fremont Street, and I'm going to go check that out for the very first time. And a, a, a friend of mine who we lost last year is going in, and I'm, I'm looking forward to, to see this. Uh, a friend of mine, uh, most people call him Buddy, but it's Keith Singleton is going in and, you know, his, his life was cut short, not his fault. You know, he, he, uh, had ALS. And if you don't know who that is, you know, ask around, um, a, a few years back when Matthew Gunther was racing, it was Matthew's stepdad and Matthew used to call him buddy. So it's buddy racing. Uh, and if you, if you don't know who buddy is again, take, you know, just, just Google or just get on there and, and you'll figure out who Buddy is, but he's got the, the he had the most awesome mullet, a big guy, but one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. And if anybody needed help in that pit area, 
Buddy was right there to help out. So I'm, I'm excited to be out there for, for Buddy going into the, uh, the Hall of Fame and putting his uh, name up on the wall. And, and I know a lot of other people show up, and I think Jill and, and, uh, and that, that whole family is bringing about 25 people. So it's, it's going to be cool. Probably shed a few tears, but uh, you know what? That's okay, too. Earlier in the week, that AFT put out an announcement that Big R Racing and Jared Lowe have teamed up, and we kind of figured that out a few weeks ago. I kind of mentioned it on the podcast, but now it's official. The Jet Jared Lowe is going to be racing on the Big R Hondas, and those bikes are fast. I think a few different people have raced for Big R, including uh, you know Gage Smith from Tulsa, Oklahoma. I know Zabala rode them a few different times, and and they are some really fast Hondas. So I'm I'm excited to see Jared Lowe on those Hondas, um, and it's going to be an exciting season, and that's just another announcement coming out as we get closer and closer to Daytona. I'll switch it up just a little bit. Last weekend, I had the weekend off since the ice race was postponed, so I got to stay in Wisconsin and celebrate my girlfriend Michelle's birthday with her, her mom, her cousin Christy, which is, you know, the owner of the World Championship Ice Racing Series, her sister, not Christy's sister, but Michelle's sister and brother-in-law, and her best friends, Jenny and Jim, and we went to Lake Geneva, which is kind of a, a neat little, almost like a resort town, uh, but there's stuff going on in the winter just as much as there is in the summer. It's right on, uh, obviously, a lake. It's really cool, but it's it's times like those that I realize just how lucky I am, and, and I get to do a lot of different things, and, and occasionally... You get to fit some, you know, some fun things, some family things in with, with the racing season. So I'm, I'm a lucky guy and, uh, I had a great time last weekend and happy birthday to my girlfriend, Michelle. I've been meaning to do this next little thing for a while and I've put it in my phone and my notes and, and if you know me, you know, I'm a stats guy. I like numbers. I like records. I like the history not only of our sport, but, you know, I like the history and stats of, like, the NFL. I like NASCAR stats, you know, the, the win list, uh, the championship list, and stuff like that. So I get a kick out of looking at stuff, and, and I actually got my uh, media guide out because I, I might need it out there in Las Vegas. We uh, They said they might use my help for some stats and stuff like that. So I, I take, I'm taking the media guide with me to Las Vegas, but... I was just thumbing through it because I was just hanging out, and I I looked. First of all, I want to say it's a 2017 media guide. That's when they put it out, and they used to hand those out at some of the great big races when we had a lot of publicity, like the Indy Mile when when MotoGP was a part of that weekend and so forth. But um, I looked up the AFT wins by rider list. That's what caught my eye, and that's what I want to talk about just a little bit because. You know, we all know Scotty Parker has the most wins ever at 94. Well, what I found interesting was he did that. He got his first win in 1979 and his last win in 2000. So that's a pretty long career. Then the next on the list is Chris Carr with 78 wins from 1986 to 2008. Another very long career. The one that is now currently third, but when this media guide came out he was all the way down in 16th with only 20 wins and that is the jammer jared meese he got his first win in 2005 and so he doesn't have a last win i guess his last win will be 2023 but he hasn't retired so it's it would say like 2005 to present but meese is up to third now 
with 72 wins. So just since the 2017 book came out, he's jumped from 16th all the way up to third. How long is Jared Meese going to stick around? I think, you know, he can obviously catch Chris Carr in the 2024 season. There's 16 races. He needs six wins to tie Chris. He needs seven wins to move into second all-time on the win list. I know that's got to be one of his goals. But will he stick around and get, you know, try for 22 more wins to, to tie Scotty Parker, 23 to be the all-time winningest rider? And when will people start putting him on the list of the greatest of all time? Will that happen? You know, he has technically he has nine championships and, you know, him and I don't see eye to eye on that always because, you know, there was a couple of years when the Grand National Championship wasn't actually around, but he still won a championship that year. So uh, he always gives me a hard time. He, you know, it is what it is. It's not his fault that the classes were separated. But anyway, you know, when is Mies going to be in that, you know, in that conversation of the greatest of all time in our sport? Or is he already? And I just don't hear a lot of people talking about it. I mean, he's third all time on the win list. He's tied with Scotty Parker with nine championships. If you look at it for what it is, but does he get enough credit? You know, um, anyway, that that's the one that struck me is Jared Meese again, jumping up from 16th when this book or this media guide came out all the way up to third at the end of the 2023 season. Third, when this book came out, was Jay Springsteen with 43. He got his 43rd win when he was 43 years old in 2000. He got his first win in 1975. So it took him 25, what, 26 years uh, to string together 43 wins. Ricky Graham was fourth when this book came out. He had he has 39 wins from 1980 to 1994, so only 15 seasons. Kenny Coolbeth, fifth all-time when the book came out, now sixth with 36 wins from 2002 to 2016. My hero Bubba Schobert, uh, you know, another one of my heroes, I guess Ricky Graham, Bubba Schobert, you guys know are my, two of my, my all-time heroes, but Bubba Schobert, 34 wins. But listen to this, folks. He did it from 1982 to 1988 and then he left to go road racing so Bubba's up there uh, when the book came out he was sitting you know a little bit higher if you put Meese up there in third then Bubba Short would be down to seventh now and King Kenny Roberts 33 national wins from 1972 to 1984 you know and Bubba is and Kenny King Kenny both on the uh, you know the list of all-time great riders but they also have completed the the Grand Slam, including road race, and then all four disciplines in flat track. So anyways, that was just something that caught my eye. The stat of the week is what I'm going to go with. I'm going to try to do a stat of the week. If I can come up with something every week and every time I do a podcast. But anyway, that's all I got this week. I know there wasn't any big time racing action. I didn't get any results from the battle at the barn. I know a few of the, yeah, some racers that I know were up there. I didn't see any results posted anywhere, so I don't have nothing to share with you. But that's all I got. I'm ready for some racing. I'm ready to go down to Florida, but before that, I got a couple more ice races. I got the the bout the Boot Hill Speedway in Louisiana, and then I'll start getting ready to head to Florida with my dad. So, uh, again, I want to say thanks to all my listeners. You guys are are why I do the podcast. Thank you so much to Jim and Pat. Thanks to Tim at Pro Plates. 
thanks to all of my patrons and thanks to Access Media. I actually put one of the, the, the design that they designed for me watching a race from Texas. They messaged me actually and, and uh, came up with the sticker, which is what I'm using for the thumbnail for this podcast for today's podcast. Anyway, that's designed by Access Media. So again, thanks to everybody. And uh, we'll talk to you guys next time right here on Off the Groove.